0: Well, it would be great if you could have your Bibles open to Romans chapter 5 as we continue in our series in Why Christmas. So Romans chapter 5, verses 1 to 11. And there's an outline on the back of the new sheet if you'd like to take notes or follow along as well. But for now, let's pray and ask God to help us. Gracious Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you so much for your grace and mercy towards us. And we pray that as we look at this passage today, that you help us to see your grace afresh this day. That we'll be refreshed, that we'll be spurred on to live for you. We pray this in your name. Amen. Well, what on earth is so peaceful about Christmas? Uh, Over the past few weeks, my my email inbox has been chock full of stores screaming at me with various sales offers. Uh, it's being harder and harder to get uh, car parks at shopping centres in the centre of town. Uh, lunches have to be planned. Travel arrangements have to be made. Kids are back at home from school, so now you've got to find someone to look after them. And there's still so much uncertainty ahead with COVID 19. What on earth is so peaceful about Christmas? Uh, well, what modern society has turned Christmas into is far from peaceful. The peace that it offers is perhaps a couple of days off work and then five days in front of the cricket on Boxing Day. But the reality for us is that this isn't the Christmas that we look for. This isn't the Christmas that we hope for or that we know. But because of the real Christmas, we can have a real, true, and different kind of And You can't purchase it. You can't work for it. It won't mean that there'll be no troubles in life. But it is a peace which is given to us freely for all eternity. Because Jesus came for us, was born, lived, died and rose again, we can have the ultimate peace, peace with God peace with the one and the only our almighty loving father and we see this so clearly in romans chapter 5 so look with me at verse 1 therefore since we have been justified through faith we have peace with god through our lord jesus christ so firstly what does it mean to be justified well in our modern day society we don't use the term too much and we might say it uh, that someone was justified was proven right uh, that, like, someone's attitude or speech was justified because of a certain situation. Uh, but what we see here in Romans is a little bit different. It's not quite identical. To be justified means to be found right without any charges. To be justified means to be made right with God, to be declared free, forgiven of any offences, a clean slate justified. So why do we need this? If you were to go out and chat to the everyday person on the street, uh, they would probably say that they're fairly good people. You know, they haven't murdered anyone, Uh, they haven't robbed a bank or anything like that, they haven't done any biggies in the scheme of things. They say that they're probably on the right track. However, being on the right track isn't good enough for God. What God demands is totally right, correct devotion to Him. Love for Him. He calls on us as His creation to live with Him as King and Ruler over our lives. Uh, To love Him with all our heart, soul, mind and strength. And also to love our neighbours as ourselves. These are the two great commandments. So then any time that we live against God any time that we make a selfish decision rather than a godly decision, any time we prioritize ourselves above God, any time we prioritize our comfort over the call of God and responding to love, well, that's not loving him as he wants to. And that's sin. We're told that sin impacts everyone, that everyone sins. We see this in Romans 3.10, that there is no one who is righteous. No, not even one. There is no one who understands, no one who seeks God. All have turned away. And then Romans three twenty three: For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And the consequence of sin is that we are guilty before God. Our rebellion deserves punished. Our God is a just God and won't let sin go unpunished. See, sin is heartbreaking. Sin causes there to be hostility between us and each other. And it means that we're justly deserving of God's wrath and anger. Being in sin means that there is no peace. Now, I know this isn't the brightest way to start off a Sunday morning, being reminded about how sinful we are and how serious it is. But it is so important, because if we lose sight of sin, then we'll lose sight of God's grace and mercy. If we forget about sin, then we'll forget about how deeply we have been forgiven. And in order to take the gospel and God's peace seriously, we first need to take sin seriously. Uh, if you are a good Anglican back a number of decades ago and, and prayed through morning prayer and evening prayer every morning and every night, uh, you would confess your sins with the following words. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders." What a way to wake up in the morning, remembering that there is no health in me, and that I'm a miserable offender, and I'm totally and utterly reliant on God's grace. But that's taking sin seriously. That's the reality of sin. Seeing the depths of our sinfulness makes the grace of God shine all the more like a sparkling diamond on a black pillow. Because here's the great news that we hear from Romans 5.1, that those who have trusted in Jesus by faith, we have been justified. Our sin has been taken away. Our offenses have been pardoned. Our slate has been wiped clean. We have now been pronounced and declared right with God. We no longer have to face the punishment that we deserve, and we no longer stand guilty before God. Sin is gone. There is no longer any case against us. We can let go of any guilt or shame that we might carry with us. Yes, we should acknowledge and confess our sins, but do so freely and enjoy knowing that God has already taken them away. Yes, we still have to take sin seriously and put it to death in our lives, But when we sin, which we will, we have the freedom not to fear God or to try and work it off by doing more good stuff, but to simply trust in him. Our justification is completely and freely given through faith, not by works, but by grace. And so then we have peace with God through Jesus Christ. Note, this isn't just peace from God. This isn't peace from the judgment of God. This is total and utter peace with God. Not only is the hostility that was deserved is now gone, but our very relationship is repaired. And notice, we don't have to wait for this peace. We don't have to work to earn this peace. We don't have to earn this peace. But it's something that we have right now through Jesus, since we have been justified by faith. And then verse 2, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. You see, if it wasn't for Jesus, there would be no peace. But because of Christmas, because Jesus came and died and rose for us, this peace and this grace is completely freely available to us if only we would ask and turn to him. We can stand and live in God's grace. There's now no more guilt to carry, no more burden of shame, no more fear of punishment because it's all taken by Jesus. That's why Christmas is such great news. The time of peace has come. That's why the angels were singing at the time of Jesus' birth, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. Because peace has come in Jesus Christ, the Saviour of the world. Our hope is secure. Nothing in this world can take it away. In fact, if we face worldly afflictions and troubles, it will only strengthen our hope as we press into Jesus as he holds on to us. And we can be totally and utterly sure of this because of God's love for us in Jesus. Now, just imagine that you had to give $1,000 away to someone But you can either choose between a relief worker working in a third world country or a person who's just been convicted of robbery. Who would you give the money to? Uh, I know that I would give it to the relief worker in seconds because of the good works that they were doing. Now, the crazy thing about God's love and God's favor is that he doesn't love us because of good things that we have done. He doesn't love us because we're particularly lovely. He doesn't love us because of any amount that we've given to charity or the amount of times that we've served on a roster or even the amount of sermons that one has preached. God loves us because God is love. He's the source and definition of love. That is who he is. He has loved us and laid down his life for us even when we were against him, even when we were guilty and offending against him. Look with me from verse 6, chapter 5, verse 6. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, perhaps someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for the one who was just convicted of robbery. Christ died for the sinner. Christ died for the ungodly. Christ died for those who rejected him and denied him as Lord and Savior. Christ died for me. And for you. While we were powerless to do anything, powerless to try and prove ourselves worth of God's love, powerless to try and earn his love, Christ still loved us. The righteous died for the sinner. The innocent took the punishment of the guilty. The amazing holy God died for us, humanity. Even when our backs were turned against him. Our sins are totally gone. Atoned for. He didn't wait for a moral upswing in society. He didn't wait for there to be a great revival. He didn't wait for us to try and prove that we were worth God's love. He came just at the right time. He didn't come because we were good. He came because he loves us. See, that very first Christmas may not have seemed all that remarkable to a lot of people. It was just another night in Bethlehem. But that night when that baby was born, when God became flesh, the wheels began to turn and the promises that God made to his people a long time ago were being fulfilled. God was born into this Messy, broken, fallen, sinful world, as a tiny helpless baby. Then he grew up, only to be rejected by his own people, called crazy by his own family, abandoned and denied by his closest friends at the moment of terror. And he was eventually put to death in the cruelest of ways on the cross, so that we will be justified and have peace with God. Why? Because He loves us. He loves us completely unconditionally. See, right now at Christmas time, there's all these sales and offers and schemes for just about anything. There's prepay, afterpay, no pay, cashback, low fee, low interest. All these comes with terms and conditions, though. If you see an offer that's too good to be true, check the fine print and you'll find that it is too good to be true. But you see, God's love isn't too good to be true. God's love comes with no terms and conditions. There's no fine print. He loves us even when our backs were turned against Him, when our ears were stopped, when our minds were calloused, when our heart was hard and our soul was bitter. His love is never-ending. And it's completely unlike our love. Sometimes I've heard people say that God couldn't love them. That they've got nothing to offer. That they aren't good enough for God's love. That they're too far gone for God's love. And friend, if this is you today, Welcome to the party. I'm in the exact same boat. I've got nothing to offer God. I'm not good enough for God's love. No one is. But He loves us anyway with an everlasting love. There is nowhere we, we can run to, there is no sin that is so great. That will separate us from the love of God. Not even death itself. And how am I sure of this? How can we be sure of this? Well, because of the cross. That while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And so we can have amazing peace with God because we've been reconciled to him. Look with me from verse 9. Since we have now been justified by His blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if while we were still God's enemies, we were reconciled to Him through the death of His son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through His life? Uh, there are a few things to take note of here. Firstly, uh, we've been justified, which means that we've been saved from God's wrath that we deserve. Because our sin has been taken away, there's no fear of punishment. Because God has taken it all. Secondly, the most amazing news about Christmas and the great hope that God brings us isn't alone that our sins have been taken away. It's not just that. Yes, the gospel is the very center of it. However, if we were justified before God legally, but still at a distance from his relationally, well, that's not great news, is it? It's not like God is a cold, calculating God just simply declaring us not guilty. Not guilty, like a transaction. It's not like God is handing out justification, gritting his teeth and going, oh, okay, if I must. No, we've been restored in our relationship with him. We've been completely, personally reconciled to him. We've been shown such grace and mercy Because this is God's default position. God is compassionate and just, slow to anger and abounding in love. See, he hasn't just paid the debt that we racked up against him, but he invites us home as his loving father to be part of his family. He's come to us with open arms, beckoning us to come home with him. And then it's because of Jesus' resurrection and life now that our salvation is completely secure. Our eternity is with him. See, this is our amazing hope, joy, and peace. We can rejoice in and boast in who we are as God's children who have been justified and reconciled to him personally. We can rejoice that our eternity is secure and we can have peace with God. Not only in this life, but for eternity to come. Now, I've got to confess that I'm not really a big Christmas fan. Uh, I don't really get into the decorations or dress-ups that much. There's only a certain number of cringy Christmas movies that I can watch. It's about zero. Uh, But what I do love Is the fact that all around the world, even in secular carols, on TV screens, people will soon be singing these words. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. Peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace, hail the Son of Righteousness. Light and life to all he brings, risen with healing in his wings. Mild he lays his glory by, born that man no more may die. Born to raise the sons of earth. Born to give us second birth. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. This is the amazing peace and hope that we have, friends all because of Jesus. And if you aren't yet a follower of Jesus, I want to urge you today to turn to him and be saved. You can have peace with God right now. If you want to, come and chat to me or Adam after the service or message us in the chat in the live stream. Because his true eternal peace is an offer for you right today. Don't turn it down. But come to Jesus. And be reconciled to him for eternity. So let's pray and give thanks. Our gracious Lord and Heavenly Father, how we thank you so much for your amazing phenomenal, unending love. Your amazing grace. Your amazing mercy. We thank you so much that even when our backs were turned against you, that you came for us and died for us. And so, Heavenly Father, help us to not take this for granted. Help us to always remember that you loved us so much. And so, Heavenly Father, I pray for anyone here or joining on the live stream who hasn't yet turned to you. I think, Father, open up their hearts and their minds to see you. And Lord, grant them your everlasting peace. And so, Heavenly Father, in the times in this week's coming up, where things get crazy busy, help us to never lose sight of the real reason of Christmas that you came down from earth, from heaven to earth, to save us, to give us peace. And so we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.